What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have podcast host, author, speaker, Christian life and relationship coach, Stephanie K. You began writing at a very early age, like at the age of nine, matter of fact. And you began writing um, short stories and poetry. Mm. Do you um, happen to remember one of the first stories that you ever wrote? <laughs> I remember the very first story that I wrote. Um, it was, and I mean, it kind of it kind of paved the way for the type of writing that I've done since then, and the kind of writing that I'm doing now is mm-hmm. that it was about like a baby eagle that lived in a tree and. He couldn't fly and all his other siblings could fly. And, you know, they, they were so high in the tree that you couldn't see the bottom, the ground. So it was kind of like foggy or whatever in my imagination. And so one day he, you know, they were teasing him and he fell out the tree or they pushed him out the tree and they thought he, he died. And so one day as they got older, they went down uh, past the fog or whatever to see what was going on down there. And he had actually become like, like a king or something, like ruling. So he's like a, a air animal, but he has started ruling like the land animals. So um, so it just kind of lends itself to, you know, even at that young age, my mind was always geared towards like overcoming and, you know, being the best in who you are and discovering who you are and things like that. So I was even writing stuff like that at nine years old. So I was like, you was pretty deep for nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what your teacher said when you, I mean, was it something you turned into your teacher or was it something you just wrote on your own? I believe I turned it into my teacher. I don't remember. I've gotten so much attention from my teachers over the years with my writing. I even had a a professor in college who sent Oprah a a letter on my behalf to try to get me on her show. But my teacher that they didn't take solicited, unsolicited, um, you know, people to come on the show but yeah so I've always gotten a lot of attention from my teachers for my writing so I don't remember what that specific teacher said I was still kind of young but they've always encouraged me and praised me and were really impressed by the type of things that I was writing throughout my years of writing so yeah wow that's that's impressive that a teacher felt so fond of you that they would send it to Oprah yeah yeah I still have the letter I still have the letter too that she said that the from the Oprah, the old, I'm not sure what the production company, Harpo Studios, whatever, was mm-hmm. don't take unsolicited writers and basically said, try again, I guess, if I got an agent or something like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, have you need to try again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was so for so long, I was so convinced that I was going to be on Oprah. But, um, you know, she's not, her show went off the air. I said, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to be on Oprah anymore. I mean, I know she still has her 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 network and things like that but because of what my teacher kind of inspired in me i always kind of dreamed for some years that i was going to end up on her show so mm-hmm. i'll in to see what happens yeah you should try again i mean because she has it's sort of like a talk show now mm-hmm. in theory so i'll say try again girl mm-hmm. and this this might be your your push to do it again yeah. <laughs> so the speaking um like uh your past like you overcame a lot of different things um, a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, and uh, and you went through depression and all that. And can you share some of that with us today, your testimony? Yeah, I mean, I I did go through a lot, and I was 
the thing that like I try to emphasize a lot, even when I coach people or in my books and things like that, is this idea of this perfect type of cookie cutter Christian that you have together. Because I was a Christian for a very long time and I did not have it together. And I was very, very depressed even as a Christian. So the depression before I became a Christian kind of pushed me to um, search for God and search for answers and things like that. And so that was one of the big motivators. But I just, you know, had a kind of a rough childhood. I grew up in Chicago in, in the hood. I saw a lot of violence, a lot of crime, a lot of drug use. Um, there was a lot of, you know, abuse going on in my family. My parents were really young when they got married. Um, and so, you know, that was a lot for me to overcome. I really, and, and even, you know, kind of like to the story that I wrote, I was always a very deep thinker. Like I always wanted to know why stuff was happening and trying to figure out why stuff was happening. And, but it's like, on the one hand, that's, that can be a blessing, but on the other hand, it can be a curse because you have so much restlessness inside of you when you don't have the answers. And so I was always seeking, seeking answers, trying to figure out why my life was as difficult as it was. Why was I treated certain ways? Um, and, and I really didn't have a good understanding of who I was. All of those things did not, they kind of took me away from, they kind of gave me a, a blurred perception of myself. And so I, I really struggled with that a lot. I, even early Christian, even I would say even 10 years after I was a Christian, I was still kind of struggling with that because it was a, you know, I'm, I'm sure as you know, when God heals you, it's a process. It's not something that happens instantly. And the, the moment that I became a Christian, all of a sudden I was better, but I just stuck in there with God. And I mean, not to say I didn't want to give up a few times because I did, but I just hung in there with God. And eventually he started kind of showing me who I was showing me that the, the, the abuse didn't define me, that even where I came from, the hood, it did not define me, that I was somebody much bigger than that, that I was his child. And so, so yeah, that's, that's, you know, about, mm -hmm. my child, yeah. So would you say is that was the beginning of the birth of you writing all your poetry? Yes, definitely. I mean, I don't write poetry very much anymore um, because once, like you said, I started off writing short stories and poetry. And then of course, when I started going to school, it kind of, I started doing a little bit more essays. Then when I went to college, it became much more technical, long papers and things like that. And so I started veering more into nonfiction, which is what my book is now. It's a nonfiction book, but it all started from me being depressed and needing an outlet. Like I don't write poetry anymore, but most of the poems that I wrote came out of sadness. Like that was my biggest motivator. And it's almost as difficult because now I'm, I'm not depressed and it's difficult to write poetry. Like, I, it's like, I need that, that depth because you know, misery and depression, it, it takes you to a, a deeper place. You know, I mean, there's of course the bad side to it, but it's kind of a sobering uh, mentality too, because you look at life and things a little bit different and deeper, at least for me. And so I was always writing poetry about, you know, stuff that I was seeing, questions that I had, you know, things like that. So definitely, def definitely that poetry and stories came out of, of the, you know, the, a lot of the stuff that I was going through then, like, even my father would read some of the things that I wrote and he's like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are <laughs> sad stuff, you know, and stuff like that. And so I would even write stories about um, gang members, you know, I grew up in the hood, so I write stories about gang members realizing that they were, you know, better than the gang. You know, it was just a lot of stuff like that. So, yeah. 
Okay. And that is the poems that you're talking about is from your book, Speak to the Spirit, correct? Yes, yes, yes. And that's, that is a, um, a compilation of portraits that I wrote from about the age of 13 to, I think the last poem I re- wrote, I was about 28, maybe 30. Mm-hmm. And so there's a compilation of poems throughout that time period. And so, yeah, that's the first book that I published and it is self-published and I did all of that, you know, myself. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, how did that feel? Like when you first, you know, got that book in the mail and mm-hmm. it's like, I, I did this, I wrote this, this is, this yeah. is me. How did that feel? It's, it's, it's like, I, from a kid, I was always a writer. Like even my brother would sometimes say like, he doesn't know a lot of people who knew what they wanted to do so young of an age because I just started writing. Like there was no one around me writing. There was not no influence. I just started writing stories. And so I've always known from a very young age, it was no question that I wanted to be a writer. And so I went to college for, for, for writing, even though sometimes I kind of regret it. Sometimes I have an English degree, mm-hmm. an English degree, you know, it can be kind of funny. It's actually, it's becoming a little bit better now with the internet because a lot of people need copywriters and people to write content. But a writing career is not as lucrative as some other careers. And so, um, but I did go to school for writing um, English literature. um, And then, um, you know, once I got out of college, I immediately started trying to get my book published. So in my mind, I needed an agent. So I started writing letters and I got so many rejections, so many rejections. Like it's really... I'm hard when you keep, I mean, you're so excited about something and I got my degree and I feel like this is my calling and I'm going to, you know, uh, forge ahead with it. And then it's just rejection and rejection and rejection and rejection. And you start questioning, like, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Like, I, you would think that it would be easier if it's something that you were meant to do. But I didn't, I never got an agent. I got people who sent back letters saying very good idea that they were interested, but they didn't uh, publish those type of books or, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of them even follow, end up following me on LinkedIn, um, I guess, trying to keep track of where I went. Because one lady was like, she would really, you know, like to see the book published, but she did different type of books. And so, but I just never got the agent. And so I felt a little bit defeated and I did that. I would say I probably sent out over a hundred letters. And then I started feeling a little defeated. And then somebody told me about, um create space at the time and so they were saying like you can publish your own book because even if you wanted to self-publish at that time it was very very expensive like you needed thousands of dollars up front to get your book published and i didn't have it at the time but when somebody told me about create space which is you know self-publishing on demand it was like a, a light from heaven like oh my goodness i can do this i don't have to like uh be at the mercy of an agent and so i dive straight into create space i created everything myself like you know i had to do the page margins luckily i have a little bit of gifting with a graphic design so i did the cover myself i did the page margins a lot of trial and error and trial and error and i messed up a lot of stuff but you learn you know you learn and so once i finally put it together because the poetry book was like a test run i actually have been selling the paper poetry books that i made by hand and had them printed off at uh, FedEx. But when I finally, finally went through all that after all of this, and I finally had a copy of a book, not not a not pages that were papers that were folded together at <laughs> FedEx, but 
an actual book in my hand. Oh my goodness. It was like the proudest moment that, I mean, one of the proudest moments of my life. It's like, wow, I really did that. And so then that's when I'm like, okay, that was a test run. I did it. I figured it out. And that's when I dived immediately into publishing my nonfiction books, which is God, Why Am I Not Married? Nine Reasons You Might Still Be Single. And so that book is a series of nine books. But yes, it was a great, great accomplishment for me. So yeah. Okay. Glad you brought that book up because that was my <laughs> next question. Now tell us about that book. Yeah. So that book is, okay. It's when I originally published it, it was one full book, but the book was over 300 pages. Um, and so eventually I decided to break the book down because, you know, people's attention spans are not the best these days. Um, and so I <laughs> break the book down into a series of books. So each chapter is one reason why you might not be married. And it goes into explaining the spiritual um, origins of the reason. Well, first, it, it kind of helps you identify it because. Physically, the way something looks on the surface is not always what's going on in the spirit. So it shows you how to identify that this is an issue. And then it kind of gives you the spiritual origins of that issue and then how to overcome the issue. And so each book is a different reason on why you might still be single. And many of them, if all of them actually come from either personal experience or me seeing other people's experiences, even the patterns in other people's experiences, because a lot of women are kind of going through the same stuff. And, you know, me, again, being that inquisitive person of wanting to know, asking God, why is this happening? Why do we go through this? Why do I go through this? Why do I feel like that? And I think because I was just very, very inquisitive and was very open to the answer, I wasn't expecting the answer to come in a certain way. I just wanted the truth. Like, mm -hmm. tell God, as long as you tell me the truth, I'll find a way to accept it. I just don't want any lies. So whatever he told me, I would accept it. And it really helped me to be able to see things from a deeper perspective. And so I just kind of really poured all of that into those books. And okay, so the, this is the first series that's out right now, right? Yeah, so the reason one is out, reason two is out. Right now I am revising, because as I'm putting the books out in a series now, mm -hmm. I'm revising them a little bit because I've learned a little more stuff that I can add to the book. Um, okay. I them before I put them out. So um, I am in the process of revising the third book now, and it should be out before I would say around July first. Okay. Can you tell us what reason one is? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Reason one is so that there's a reason. So the reason for that one is because um, let me think, because I have a lot of them in my head right now from talking. <laughs> reason one is because. It's like, what does it say? I'm trying to think exactly what I wrote in the book, but it's basically like, because you, okay, because you want a husband more than you want God. That's the first reason. And wow. so goes into explaining that a lot of the times women think that their desires for a husband, even just desire in general are normal. Like we just think that we desire something is normal and we should have it. Uh, we don't really think too much about that. But a lot of the time, the desire itself is a problem. Desire has been corrupted. And so, you know, when you consider the the, the difference between, well, it's a lot of difference between God and the devil. But one of the main things is that the devil is not a creator. He can only take things that are already created and then he just perverts them. And so he has to use the things that we already are made up of or what we already, um, I guess, made up of to 
try to deceive us. And so one of the main ways he does that is through our desires. So you can see that even in the Garden of Eden with Eve, he she had a desire to be like God. There was nothing wrong with that. She was created to be like God, but he perverted her desire and made her think, you can be like God this way. You don't have to go about it this way. Mm-hmm. And he was attracted to that idea because of her desire and she chose to follow what he said. And so it's the same thing with our desires for a husband. We we were created to have a husband. It's very normal for us to have a husband, but the devil then takes our desires and tells us, you can go get it this way. You don't have to do it this way. You can get it this way. And so a lot of times we end up chasing our desires apart from God when our desires were created to connect us to God. And so the devil really is very, very clever in manipulating most of humanity in this way by using our desire, such a powerful force that God gave us to connect us to him. Instead, he uses it to connect us, I mean, to pull us away from God. So the book goes into explaining how a lot of times we think our desires are normal and the book kind of challenges women to take a deeper look at their desires. What has your desires driven you to do? Were they healthy things? Were they hurtful things? Did you turn your back on God for your desire? Those are kind of some of the main things that you know that something is wrong with the desire because it should not pull you away from God. It should bring you closer to God. And so that's basically what the first book is about. It even goes into explaining a little bit about what I said about how the devil is not a creator. He can only use what is already available and he uses our natures, even our carnal nature, our desires against us. And it kind of explains that a little bit too. So yeah, that's the first book. Now, one, it just made me think about something. Women are so quick to jump into the wife role that we'll start being a wife before we even actually are a wife. Mm. And then, and that, and a lot of time that it, well, most of the time it backfires. Yeah, exactly. So you gave this man this privilege of giving him wifely privileges and he didn't even deserve it because he's not even a husband. Yeah, I I learned that. I'll um, uh, go into, actually, that's the second book, which is because you don't know who you are. So the book kind of explains how women struggle. I mean, everybody does this, but I'm specifically talking about women, how we struggle with our identity because we're disconnected from the source of our identity, which is God. But Mm -hmm. I'll put a story about how I also came to that realization about why do I have to do all this? I'm not your wife. You know, I had a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm like mimicking what I'm seeing. I'm seeing women shacking up with guys and playing the wife role and having kids. And so it's like, okay, that's what I want. So that's what I think I want, right? And so I, I finally get with this guy. We live together. You know, I'm cooking him dinner. I'm, he has, I have a kid. He has a kid. I'm taking care of his kid. I'm taking, driving him where he wants to go because he has no license. And right. <laughs> no car. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I really was like, why am I doing all of this? Like, if, I mean, it just, again, I've always been a very inquisitive, introspective person. And I was like, first of all, I wasn't happy. And so you think you you want this thing and then you get it and you're like, this is not feeling the way I expected it to feel. And I felt like I was being used. Like, I'm doing all of this stuff for you, but what am I getting? Like, you know, and it, it can be a little bit selfish, but sometimes it's good to be a little selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. You know, the Bible says, Love yourself first. And people take that as like, um, you know, that's wrong if you put yourself first. To be a healthy person, you actually have to put yourself first. And so, Absolutely. Uh, again, when it comes to Satan, 
he takes us away from what those things were meant to be. So God gave us a healthy love for ourselves, which comes from him. And then we can spread that to other people. So the devil tries to make us think that healthy love for ourselves should be encompass everything. And so it's out of order. And so you have to bring it, you have to put it in order where it goes, but it's okay to love yourself. You have to love yourself first genuinely before you're even able to really love another person. But so back to what I was saying, but <laughs> And I can talk, so I'm sure you can see that. By no, 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 I love talking. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I just was like, I don't see any reason for me to keep doing, giving, giving, and I'm not even getting like 10% of what I was expecting. And so I, told, I said from that day forward that I would never live with another man ever again if he was not my husband, and I never did. So I've had some you know, boyfriends in the meantime, and they would say, oh, let's live together. No, we have to get married because as soon as you move in, I already know for guys, their expectation, whether they realize it or not, is for you to play the wife role, for you to wash yeah. the clothes, you to cook their food. I'm not doing all of Clean that. Clean the house. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely right. And you wore out tired this than another, and then they gone. Exactly. They just wore you out for your husband. Like they just took all the, the stuff you were willing to give. And now you're more reluctant now because you, you know, you went through that experience. So definitely, I mean, it definitely serves us better to do things God's way. Like a lot of times people look at it like God has all these rules and he's controlling. He doesn't want us to have a fun. But anything that God tells you not to do is for your own good. It's like any parent. You don't want your kids to be doing things that's going to hurt them. And he doesn't say, don't shack up and don't do this and don't that, don't do that because he doesn't want you to have a husband. He created you to have a husband, you know, mm-hmm. it's that, but we have to do things in the right way to get the actual results that we want, which is what he put in our hearts for us to have that desire of true companionship and, uh, you know, somebody to really partner with. And, you know, that stuff is, it's in our hearts because he put it there. And so we have to do it the way he says to actually get to the destination of the dream that he planted or the seed that he planted within us. And believe it or not, you'll find out what type of man you're dealing with when you let him know where you stand. Oh yes, definitely. You'll find out real quick if definitely. bro man is the one for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If you be like, I, I can't do that. He's yeah. either he'll either be like, okay, we'll do it your way, or he's gone. If he's gone, you know what you got. Yeah. Or, or what you got out of, you know what bullet you dodge. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can't even count, you know, looking back, like, oh my goodness, thank you, God. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. And 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 it'd be the ones you cried over. Be like, Yeah, oh, why? Why? I really wanted that. I don't understand. Then you'd be like, Oh God, thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you know what he was thinking, like, okay, okay, if you want that, go ahead, you'll be back because I know that's not really what you think it is. So yeah. 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 This man got a mask on, like you have no idea. And but that's that's like a perfect segue into the second book because it talks about us not understanding who we are, understanding our value. And for women, a lot of the times we get it from our environment because we are emotional beings. We kind of absorb um, the spiritual and emotional easier than men. And so we grow up absorbing all these things, our cues from our parents, our society, our friends. 
to define who we are. And so we get these very warped ideas about our value. And so book two goes in explaining where our value truly comes from, why mm-hmm. we created Eve in the first place, and then some of the ways that a warped um, sense of self kind of damages our relationships and then how to um, repair those things. So yeah, that's basically the second book. Yeah, girl. So how often are these books coming out? How often are your series coming out? Yeah, I, like I said, when I first published it, it was one full book. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been able to get them out as quickly as I want to, because in addition to all of the things that you mentioned, at first that I'm busy, I also have five kids. And so my youngest is finally getting old enough to go to school. And so before then, it seems like every time I turn around, I had a baby. So, <laughs> so I haven't been able to really pour into my books and stuff as much as I would have liked to. I just worked on it little by little by little whenever I had time. And so they're not coming out as regularly as I would like. But as my kids are continuously getting older, that's when I'm having more time to kind of pour into that. And so I hope to have the third book out um, by July. And then I want to have the fourth book out by at least two or three months following that one. Okay. Yeah, girl. Like I said, you got a whole cafeteria. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It really... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, it really... The books are kind of deep. Like even when I read them, I'm like, "Oh, did I write that?" You know, <laughs> that's the the power of the Holy Spirit. But um, the books really go very deeply into other topics. Like I think in book six it is. It talks about um, why God created men to lead, what that means spiritually, why He orchestrated things that way, and what that actual leadership look like looks like versus how we perceive it in the world. Like. Submission has become such a dirty word um, to a lot of women, but that is not, that is our understanding of submission. That is not God's understanding of submission. Right. We have to see why did he say that? Because anything that he created is for our good. And so mm-hmm. go into explaining what a relationship, first of all, why God created that, what it looks like, actually what that relationship emulates in the spirit, because everything that we are and everything that we do like we're creating image of God is an emulation of some, some of God's uh, mind or his heart or his principles. So everything that we are is an emulation of of that. And so I talk about what that actually emulates in the spirit and why God created that way. And then just to, you know, help women understand that role is not exactly what you think it is. It's actually much more empowering than we a lot of times realize, but we have to get to know God and understand his way before we can see that. And so I talk about that. I talk about the fact that women have very warped ideas of what marriage is um, and what marriage actually means and compared to what we think it means. I also talk about how women choose husbands a lot of the time for the wrong reasons and that we have to learn how to choose husbands from a godly perspective and what that looks like. Um, there's a lot. I even talk about sex and, you know, spiritually what that means and why God created it and you know, and a lot of the issues that we have as women by not doing the things, doing things outside of the way God intended. And so the book goes very, very deeply into a lot of these things. And I actually think it was good that I broke the month into nine books because it gives you little chunks to take at a time. I, if you try to read the book all the way through, because a lot of these things are like, like, like you having to look in the mirror, you know, mm-hmm. 
some things about yourself that you maybe did not see or didn't want to see. And it, you you kind of have to do that in chunks. Like you can't just, you know, and that's even with God. Like he's very patient with us when it comes to revealing things because he knows we have to be able to process it. And so if he just dumped the whole truth in our lap right away about the things that we do wrong or, or, or you know, how far we are from him and things like that, we couldn't handle it. And so mm-hmm. you have to, you know, take the book and, and digest it kind of one at a time to, first of all, see if it applies to you and then go through the process of like pinpointing it for you because it's not going to be exactly the same for each person, but it's enough to give you a clue as to, you know, I think I might need to do some self-reflection here um, to figure out if this necessarily applies to me. The first thing that will let you know if it applies to you is if you're reading it and you're getting mad. Like, did that mean <laughs> it applies to you? So, not so, a yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you keep, you called it a fictional book, but to me, it just sounds more like a self help book. It is. It's, it's a nonfiction self help book. I would say a Christian nonfiction self help book definitely is, 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 it is that. Yeah. Okay. Even like questions at the end of the book to help you identify if the reason applies to you. So these okay. the questions, because I am a life and relationship coach also. And so I know that, you know, it takes a little bit of digging to kind of figure out yourself sometimes. So I try to prompt people with those questions to help them start the digging process, so to speak. Okay. Now, speaking of that, your coaching, I want to talk about your, the foundation that you founded unveiling the spirit yeah i want you to talk about that a little bit uh well unveiling the spirit is basically the name under which i publish my books and do my coaching um i also do some um you know i do video blog posts where i answer questions that people might send to me about relationships and things like that um but the coaching is just basically you know life and relationship coaching because i know it's not easy to figure these things out like they took me years and one of the things that I, I always kind of pinpoint in the Bible, because when it comes to a good coach, you're not pushing people to do things. You're basically getting encouraging them to think and figure out the answers for themselves. You don't give them the answer because the answer you, you the answer is inside of you already. You just need help digging it out. And so the coach kind of just directs you and asks you certain questions to help you kind of figure those things out on your own. And I don't think there's any coincidence that that's also what God did in the Bible. Like whenever he approached somebody, he asked them a question. So when he said to Adam, where are you? It wasn't because God did not know where Adam was. God was trying right. Adam to think about where he was. Mm-hmm. But God, he, will, he asks questions to get you to think about where you are, what you're doing, to have you do some self-reflection and digging a little bit so that you can come to the realization of, where you are versus where you need to be. And so with the coaching, that's basically what I do. I ask those questions and I kind of give some spiritual insight to, you know, some some questions that people might have or some situations that people might have to kind of start doing some of this soul searching and figuring things out for themselves. Now, the people you coach are, is it men, women, children, a little bit of both? You know, I do not coach children. I have five kids. I don't want to deal with any <laughs> <laughs> like even when I go go to church, it's like because I have a, a lot of kids, they always want to put me in children's ministry. No, I want to get away from kids. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. want to be free. <laughs> yeah. I'm with kids all day, every day. I don't need to be around more kids. But so mm-hmm. no, I don't do um 
I don't do coaching. I mean, I'm sure, especially with my oldest daughter, she might feel like sometimes I'm coaching her and then like my oldest son, but no, I don't coach kids typically. But, okay. and mostly it's women. So I like to kind of stick to women issues because that's what I know. Um, I, I do know, I have talked to men before too, and, you know, have been, they have told me that they got a, a lot out of my coaching, even out of my books and things like that. But I kind of geared towards women because that's what I know. And I think you have too many people already who like to speak on things that they don't really know about. So I don't want to just jump into like, I, I know everything about men to the extent that I know about women because I don't. And so those women are who I can really help more because of my own experiences. So predominantly women. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you have a woman that comes to you that's married and she wants to bring her husband, would, would you do that? Yeah, I do. I do relationship, um, you know, life and relationship coach. So I will either either coach you for a relationship, like if you're single and you want to prepare for marriage mm -hmm. or uh, you want to figure out why you're not married, like you want to be married and you kind of figure out why it's not working, um, especially when it comes to God, because even with the book, God, why am I not married? It's like you're praying, you're waiting, you're asking, where's the husband? And anytime your prayer is not being answered, it, there's a reason. And so we don't need to just sit back and be like, um, God is not giving me what I want and get upset. You need to figure out why he's not giving it to you because that why is what's holding up your prayer. So I try to help women figure out why they may not be married or if they want to prepare for marriage, kind of help them get mentally, emotionally, and spiritually ready for that. But then I will also coach couples. Actually, I, I will still coach individuals if they're having problems in their marriage and they just want somebody to talk to one-on-one -on -one because Sometimes the spouse doesn't want to go like they're like, I'm not interested. I don't want to do it. And so you still have to, you know, work on yourself and figure out what's going on with you, even if your partner is unwilling. And so I do that type of coaching. But then I also do relationships where couples who want to. Um, now, I don't do like, you know, domestic abuse type of relationship, you know, where you guys are having serious, serious problems. You have to, uh, both the people have to be willing. They have to be willing okay. to work on stuff and, you know, they want a better relationship because I'm not a counselor. So I'm not going to be like trying to force people and, and, you know, wrestle with people. It's like you're willing and you want direction and you just, you're looking for somebody who can help you do that. So I have talked to, you know, a couple or two, not too many couples. Most people come to me as individuals because their other spouse is not budging or not doing you know, not participating in the marriage and things like that. So, yeah. Okay. Now, what I was really impressed about is when I looked on your site, I noticed that you do offer like, um, like short, free, like mini session. Yeah. Which is very impressive for some of your credentials. And I wanted you to expound on that a little bit. Yeah. Well, so again, I know it's very difficult to figure these things out. Like it took me years. It took me a lot of tears, a lot of crying. Like I said, I was a Christian. I've been a Christian for about 20 years and I would say more than half of that. I was a very depressed Christian. So I was just bumping my head and trying to figure things out. And, but eventually I, I did figure it out. And so I want to be able to help people kind of shorten that process if they can, because I didn't have anybody helping me to understand why I was reacting a certain way or why I felt a certain way. And so that's why it took so long for me to figure it out. But I know some people never figure it out. So it's not like it took me forever. But um, so I want to help people, you know, kind of 
I guess, a shortcut to that process so you don't have to like make the same mistake repeatedly for years and years and years before you say, okay, I think I need to do something here. So I, I want, I offer the free coaching because I don't want to just help people who have money. Like, you know, I think that's a little bit unfair to not only um, people, but the gift that God has given me. If he's given me a gift to help people, I can't like not help you because you can't pay me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to coach you for a year and then you don't ever pay me. <laughs> My time is worth something, but I do want people to be able to have some help and some some resources if they're actually looking for it. So I do offer not only um, a few free sessions, but then I do have a what I call Ask Stephanie K platform where you can submit questions to me. Maybe you're having like a problem in your relationship and you're saying my husband doesn't help me clean. I mean, I know this kind of superficial. But it can be a really big problem for some people. And right. So Get the question to me and say, okay, my husband doesn't clean, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I will respond with an answer. And then I offer a either 15 or 30 minute mini session in order for us to just kind of like, if you have more questions about my answer. So my reply. So I'll send you the written reply first. And then if you have questions, you want to go deeper into that, then we'll do like a mini session for that. And I also do that totally uh free that's wonderful there's there's not too many people with like i said so many um credentials like you have they'll be willing to do that so i mean kudos to you um and you know you also have a youtube channel yeah like i said i mean you're just doing like the a lot yeah (laughs) but but i mean with your talent and your gifts i mean you would have to so uh, well, tell us about your YouTube channel. Um, it's basically like a little bit of what I was just saying. Um, uh, mm-hmm. the, the questions that people submit to me, I will record the answer and then post it on my social media or try to tackle the, the, the title or kind of the tagline for my um, YouTube channel, which is also connected to my blog, is revealing spiritual truths behind everyday issues and stories and things like that. So I will even take a a uh, common news story or current news story and kind of reveal a more spiritual perspective on that. Um, then, or people submit questions to me and then I will and answer their questions video and then I will post those. And so that's basically what my um, YouTube is. But I've also just recently started, added the title of podcast host because me and another life coach, um, a guy from, he's a little bit older than me from California. We met up on Facebook and we have started doing podcasts together about um, overcoming the barriers between you and your goals. And so we do a podcast show about that every two weeks. And we just kind of talk about different topics relating to the discipline and understanding God when it comes to your purpose and dealing with frustration and planning out your goals. And so we do those every two weeks. So that's also on my blog and YouTube page. So what would you say is the thing you love most about what you do? Um, the thing that I love most about what I do is it's a couple of things, but I guess the main thing would be just helping people to see God, you know, because he has been such, I mean, I know hurts, like I've been hurt so much of my life. I've been depressed. I've been abused. I've been neglected. I've been, you know, abandoned and God has healed all of those things in me. Like, 
the repercussions of those things, we don't even realize how deeply they affect our choices and again, our perception of ourselves. And so you you do things out of this hurt and out of this abandonment, a lot of times subconsciously without thinking about it. And you don't know why your life is so messy. Like, well, why does this keep happening? And why do I feel like this? Again, those questions. Um, and God really helped me to figure out those answers and help me become who, who he created me to be. Like when I think about the person that I was before, because I was pretty jacked up, you know, very like emotionally mm -hmm. damaged, mentally damaged, spiritually lost. Um, he really, really helped me to be who I am. And it amazes me like every day. I would have never thought I would be the person that I am now. And I want people, hurting people to know that there is hope, that there is God, that he can help you, that he can heal you. And I just want people to know how good God is, how much he loves them, and how he is just the answer for anything that is you know, hurting them or they're struggling with and things like that. And so that's that's definitely the the most what I love the most about it is when people come to a realization and like God is there and God loves me like you can't there's no amount of money for that. And that was gonna be my next question. What words of encouragement would you give someone who's listening and watching right now? <laughs> that was gonna be my next question. That feeling hopeless and just just feel like they're unsure of who they are let alone who they are in Christ? Well, I would say to pray. I mean, it's a very, very cliche thing sometimes for people to say, but when I say pray, I'm not saying, oh, Father, art thou in heaven? No, I mean, mm -hmm. your heart. Like I cried to God so many times. And I said this before I was talking to somebody else. I think it was in another um, recording that I did or podcast. Like I'm certain if God has nerves, I got on them because I <laughs> I cried and cried and cried and cried to him so many times, but, and you may feel like, oh, he's not listening or anything like that, but he is. And he always came to help me. I mean, was it always right there in that very, very moment? No. So I don't mean just pray and say some ritualistic prayer because, you know, talk to God from your heart, like really let him know how you feel, what's wrong with you. If you're mad, if you're... I think more than anything, he just wants an honest conversation with us. He wants to connect with us on a very, very deep level, but we don't know how to let him in. We don't let him in. And so if you can just be vulnerable with God and pray and talk to him like he loves you and he's your dad. And he, I wouldn't even say he loves you because some people don't have a real strong concept of love. I know I did it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Just to understand that he cares. Like this is somebody that cares and just talk to him like he cares. and. You know, you keep doing that and you, you know, hold on and, and, and just hold on. Uh, he will, you know, show himself to you in different areas of your life where you will know more and more and more how much he is there, how much he loves you. And so that would be the very first thing I would say. I even tell some Christians, like, set the Bible aside sometimes because the Bible can make people very um, legalistic. You know, they just see the rules. They see, um, you know, do this, do that. They just feel like even that they have to be better than other people in order to be good Christians or whatever. But you sometimes that the Bible, depending on your perspective, perception, because of lose the humanity. Yeah. You know, you have to learn how to talk 
to God from your heart. I don't care how much you read the Bible, how many words, if you know a word for word front and back, if you do not know how to talk to God and connect with him from your heart, it's, it's almost going to be as if you didn't read it. It doesn't mean anything. You know, the Bible says the greatest of these is love. You can have knowledge. You can have all of these things. But if you lack love, you know, and you can even think of that in terms of you can have a lot of biblical knowledge. But if you can't connect with God on the level of love, because he is love, he's a creative love, you're mm-hmm. like 90 percent of the picture. Amen. So what's next for you? Yeah, so I told you about the third book that I want to put out. Then mm-hmm. hopefully for the year is out. Um, I also started the podcast that you know I've been doing with the other coach. And just kind of going from there, I've been asked more and more to do interviews, to give speaking engagements. And I'm just kind of following God's lead and seeing where it goes. Um, I hope at some point um, I do get a, an agent <laughs> who will take over a lot of the marketing aspect and some of the uh, business aspect of writing the book. And then I could just focus on the writing part and things like that. Um, but I just keep, you know, keep sharing my gift the, any way I can with the time that I have and just kind of going from there. I don't really have a, much of a plan past the podcast and um, getting my books out and, you know, doing the speaking engagements and just kind of letting it go from there. Okay. And how can people find you? So I am on um, Facebook. Uh, my Facebook page is Unveiling the Spirit at Facebook. Mm-hmm. And my website is Unveiling the Spirit. So www.unveilingthespirit.com. And I am also on YouTube, like you said. So you can look at my videos um, that I put out on YouTube. Um, some of the older ones are not the best, but you know, we like <laughs> um but but you know i'm growing i'm learning and i'm able to amen and you know it's a really good experience so i'm on youtube i'm on facebook and then i have my my website and i also have if you go on my website i'm always giving away uh free downloads of my books especially like the first um few if you go on my website you can download it'll take you to a link where you can download a free um digital copy of the book, not a hard copy. The book is on Amazon also, but digital copies are usually free downloads of digital copies are always available. Okay. Now here's your last question. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can have any song be your theme song, when you walked into a room, (laughs) what would it be and why? Oh my goodness. Like my theme song. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come up with an answer for that one. Okay. I guess I would say Hold On by Mary Mary. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on to your faith no matter what you've been through. I know he'll make a way. Oh, I need a whooping because I do not remember this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say that one because it's that's me. I, you just got to hold on. Yeah. Okay. I thank you so much for squeezing me in today. Oh, like no I said, problem. I know you were very busy and I I love everything that you're doing. And I really meant what I said that everybody does need to hear the marvelous works that you're doing and they need to support and they need to go to your website and do whatever they can, support you, buy your book, 
help, 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 help wherever they can. If I don't know if you have a cash app on there, donate mm-hmm. just because you're doing a marvelous work, especially Thank the you. fact that you're doing some promo work. For, it's a pro, pro bono. Pro That's bono. the one, girl. <laughs> yeah. Jesus knows. Okay, some pro bono work that, <laughs> that you know, that people can sow a seed to help you do what you got to do and because it's kingdom work yeah man yes I kingdom work. yeah and i all the support i love the support um it's it's, it's encouraging when you have support because it just kind of confirms for you that you're going in the right direction and so yeah and anybody who is you know interested in a free session i totally you know welcome that again i'm like i i want to help people i genuinely first and foremost want to help people I do understand the paid aspect of it, you know, um, that my time is worth something, but you know, everybody doesn't have money and that doesn't mean that they don't need help. So anybody who wants a free session, even if you want to just get a sample of what, what my coaching style is like, um, you can use a free session for that. If it's just a quick issue that you want some insight on. So definitely take advantage of the free coaching also, and also, um, the free downloads of my book. So, yeah. Yeah, because mental health is important. Oh, very, very. Mental health is important. You can be saved all night long, but if your mental state is is jacked up, I mean, you can't save a soul if your your mind is messed up. No, you can't. And if you if you uh, think about it, this is what the Bible is talking about. It says renew your mind. What is that? Like, yeah, yeah. You need to yes. Because from everything you do comes from there. So you definitely, mental health is very, very important. Yes. It's like more and more is becoming um, more recognized because especially in the black community, mental health was not really taken seriously or paid that much attention to because we just really didn't have the option of paying that much attention to our mental health in a lot of, you know, especially black history. But now it seems more and more people are taking mental health, especially in the black community, much more seriously than they did before and it's definitely definitely needed yeah well it was taboo to even yeah. say that you was going to seek help for yeah. mental health exactly. like, are you crazy no yeah. i'm not crazy i just need to talk to somebody yeah. yeah yeah i just need to talk to somebody whose name ain't uncle or aunt or grandma <laughs> somebody <laughs> i need a certificate uh, i need yeah. a license help yeah and somebody who's yeah. not gonna tell everybody exactly what i shared and and as somebody who's unbiased, I, I mean, that kind of go uh, lends itself to what you're saying about uncle and aunt. So, like sometimes you need to talk to somebody you're not connected to in that way because they kind of looking at whatever you go through from a biased perspective. So you need like a fresh perspective. Some mm-hmm. doesn't have any agenda behind you know whatever decisions you make or you don't make, and they're just genuinely interested in helping you kind of figure out whatever it is that you need help with. So definitely, because sometimes you just might find out that it's not them; it is you. Exactly. And that probably is what a lot of people is most afraid of. Find yeah. out it's not someone else. It's it's them. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And it and that is easier to deal with with somebody who's not gonna throw it in your face. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, let me get that from uh from Dr. Johnson versus Uncle Johnson. <laughs> right. Because right. <laughs> right. he's gonna be saying, see. And see, that's why you did that. And you did mm-hmm. you know, just like your mama. Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> so sometimes you need to like take a step back from that because it just becomes a distraction from what you really need to focus on, which is yourself, your inner self. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you can't take care of nobody else if you ain't taken care of. Exactly. And how can you bring anybody in if you all messed up? So right. What the Bible say? Get the get the log out your own eye. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you don't hit yourself first. So. Okay. Yeah. Ain't that it? Uh, what was that old song? Uh, sweep behind your own front door before you sweep behind mine. Look, yeah. See, we know. We know. We just need help to, fit, to put the pieces together. We know. Now. We know. Yeah. Won't he do it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, he will. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie, for being on my show. And Thank you for all the great work that you're doing for the community. And thank you for sacrificing your time for people when they need it the most. Did you know Worldly Church Girl is live? Worldly Church Girl has gone live. As a matter of fact, this very episode was recorded live. You can go to YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and even LinkedIn to see this very episode live and trust me you want to see the live version because there are some things on there you just don't want to miss and oh yeah why haven't you hit the subscription button you don't want to miss another episode and if you'd like to learn more about me yours truly worldly church girl go to www.worldlychurchgirl.com and learn more about yours truly And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.